your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you're here today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Um, a little stuffed up today, but we're going to Roll through it, I'm gonna gut through it, and still try and get a pod out there. I don't know about you, but it seems like there's a bit of a head cold going around. Uh, I, I I was hoping it wasn't COVID. I went and I took a test, and I came back negative. And it didn't seem like it. It did seem more of a head cold, but nowadays you really just never know. But it's but a stuffy nose, not a runny nose. So apparently that's an indicator that it's more likely just a, a head cold. Um, than it is uh, COVID. So that's what they told me. And, and luckily, after testing negative, that seems to be the case. Uh, but anyways, uh, so I'm going to power through this episode and uh, try not to berate me on my weird nasally sounding voice for the next 15 to 20 minutes. I'm going to do something interesting today. The Athletic is a wonderful tool and something that I use a lot here on this podcast. Um, And they put out a fan survey, uh, an off-season Leafs fan survey. There's 30 questions that was sent out to each and every one of the subscribers. So if you are part of The Athletic, you could also go and do this fan survey yourself. And I encourage you to, because I guarantee they're going to take all of these, uh, all this information and turn it into an article to tell us how we feel about our team, how Leafs fans feel about the Leafs. So I'm going to go through uh, a majority of these questions. I may not go through all 30, but I'll, I'll read through them and go through a, a bunch of them. Um, and then just basically to, to get a read on how I'm feeling about the Maple Leafs this offseason, how I'm feeling about them going into next year. Uh, it just makes me kind of think about it because it's now into September. So we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of NHL training camp, so uh, the offseason is 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 coming to a close, coming to an end, and what better way for it to come to an end than to uh, kind of take a look at the future and take a look at how I feel about this team now that most of all the heavy lifting for the offseason is over and how I feel about going into the 2021-2022 Maple Leafs. So we'll start off with the first question that is on this survey. And it says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how optimistic are you about the current Maple Leafs? From 1, which is no hope at all, to 10, we're going to be a dynasty. I'm about a 7. I'm going to go with a 7. Um, I think we're definitely not going to be a dynasty. I'm not there yet, at least. I, I don't think the cap situation will allow this team to be a dynasty. We're not, you know, the, the, the Leafs aren't Tampa. They didn't have the best goalie in the world, you know, take a massive disc. Well, technically, I guess they're making more than more than Jack Campbell and Peter Morazic, but they didn't have the best defenseman in the world take a massive discount. Braden Point took a massive discount. Nikita Kucherov, massive discount. Stamkos, I mean, I could go down the entire list. I mean, McDonough's not making as much as he should be or could be if he went to to the OP 
open market. Like there are so many guys who are making unbelievable uh, contracts over there that makes them a dynasty, and they've won back-to-back cups and are looking for a third. I just don't see that here in Toronto. Too many guys are getting paid too much money, and it's going to be way too difficult to create this dynasty. Um, are they going to be competitive? Absolutely. Do I think they can make the playoffs? Absolutely. Are they a dynasty, though? Are they Stanley Cup contenders? I'm not as sold that that is the case. Can they make it to a cup final? Can they make a deep run? I think they can. But are they favorites? That I'm going to disagree with. So um, that being the case, my optimism for how I think the current Maple Leafs team is going to do and how I think they are constructed, I'm going to give it a 7. I still think they're a playoff team. Uh, They're going to be scraping, clawing to get into the playoffs. I'll say that. They're not guaranteed. But I would say they're more likely to make the playoffs than not to at this point. So I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10 ranking for how optimistic I am about this current Maple Leafs team. Um, Next question. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence level in Sheldon Keefe after 103 games? 1. He should be let go. Or 10. He's a Jack Adams frontrunner. Well, this one's interesting, because for a lot of last year, I probably would have him close to a 10, to be honest, like close to it. For a while, I did have him as kind of a Jack Adams nominee, calling him a front runner, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but certainly I thought he was in the conversation. But then the playoffs came, (laughs) and uh, yeah, it didn't go over very well. And it's kind of two years in a row where he's faltered in the playoffs with his decision-making. Last year, he... er, In the bubble against Columbus, he was a little too quick to pull the trigger and change things up. And then this year, I think because of that mistake, he didn't change things up, but he decided, I'm just going to trust the process, but the process never came through. Um, And that led to when everyone was screaming to get, you know, Nylander more time, switch Marner and Nylander, get, get, you know, both of those lines going. Let's get Matthews going. Put Nylander on that line because Marner's not doing much of anything, and we never saw it. At the last game, I think they put all three of them on a line, uh, but we never, we did, it was a little too late at that point, and we just didn't see enough, enough of it. That being said, uh, I, I do like the way that he's deployed this team. The systems work. In the playoffs, it has not yet. Um, it very well could, I suppose. But to me, and, and to me, it's it's not necessarily his fault that it's not working in the playoffs. I think his systems work. I just think the play, the players themselves need to to hold kind of more the brunt of of the criticism in that uh, in that regard. So when it comes to Sheldon Keefe, I feel pretty good about it. Is he a front ad- a, a Jack Adams front runner? No. Do I think he should be let go? Certainly not. The power play definitely could use a bit of a tinkering. Uh, I take a look at the uh, the penalty kill isn't isn't too great, and you know that's coaching. Coaching has to do with with some of that stuff too. So I think Sheldon Keefe. I'm gonna give him an eight. I feel I feel decently strong about Keefe as a coach. Uh, I'm gonna give him an eight out of ten. Uh, next one on a scale of one to ten, what's your confidence level in GM Kyle Dubis after three seasons in his role? One, he should be let go, or ten, he should be up for GM of the year. So I'm somewhere in the middle here, obviously. I do not think he should be let go like a lot of Leaf fans believe. But he's also nowhere near being GM of the year. Like You can just take a look at the contracts that he made, uh, that he signed early in his tenure, that is now catching up to him. And he's 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 had to deal with it and he's had to try and 
um, maneuver knowing that there's not much flexibility and not much space. The pandemic definitely hurt in that in that point as well. And I think he's done a decent job when it comes to trading. I think he's done a decent job. They've they picked up some decent free agents. Um, but in terms of do I think he's up for GM of the year? No, not even close. But should he be let go? No, I also don't think it's close. And I'm in the middle. I'm going to give it a 6. I, I feel about a 6 out of 10 is my confidence level in GM Kyle Dubas. That said, they're running it back this year. And if they do not get it done, if this is another uh, play, early playoff exit, whether it's the first round or the second round, um, I it, it could be curtains for Dubas and company here in Toronto and and this team might have to go in a bit of a different direction in terms of of management uh so there's that all right let's take a quick break when we get back uh we'll we'll talk a little bit about we'll do this we'll continue the 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 fan survey uh a little bit more here and we'll do that when we get back here on the locked on lease podcast all right welcome back to the locked on lease podcast mike DiStefano with you the host of this show uh okay continuing here with the athletics maple leafs 2021 off-season fan survey so we already went through where we discussed our confidence level in the team in Sheldon keith and in kyle dubis uh it does ask you your confidence level in, in president brendan shanahan and the shanna plan i mean let's just give it a seven it, it, it's done okay it hasn't failed so we'll give it a seven uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your confidence level in the Leafs scouting department, primarily amateur? Um, Decently high, actually. Like, considering that they've had barely any picks over the last little bit, they've churned out some decent prospects. Uh, I, I still plan on having uh, Tony Ferrari to join me at some point before training camp to discuss some of the top prospects in the Maple Leafs system. But I know that there are some. Like you got Ruddy and Amirov, you're you know, the names that you know, right? Sandine, Amirov, and Nick Robertson. But guys like Topi Niemela, guys like uh, you know, their their second rounder this year, Matthew Nyes. You know, there's a bunch of other players that they've been able to pick up outside of the first round that you know, project to be decent NHLers. Ronnie Hirvinen, another one. There's a, a, a bunch of guys here. Uh, that they've done a good job to go out, identify their skill, and bring them in. And uh, so I'm going to give them a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for Leafs' primary uh, or amateur scouting department. All right. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate how well you are treated as a fan by the organization? 1 poorly or 10 very well? Well, uh, do they mean on-ice product, off-ice product, when I'm at the games? I'm curious how they mean by this. Because if, if, if they mean how badly am I treated, I feel awful because I have hope every year, and then they always get a first-round exit, an early bounce out of the playoffs, and that makes me feel awful. So, not great, to be completely honest with you. Um, I get invested every year in this team, and they break my heart. So I'm going to give him a three. I feel like I've been treated like a th- as a three. And and 
you know, we've been told that this team believes in in the Shanna plan and Kyle Dubas is willing to go down with the ship if this doesn't work. And we'll see what happens. But, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I'm going to bump it up to a five. I'm going to go right in the middle because at the same time, it's a fun and exciting product to watch, right? Like Austin Matthews, the best goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, Mitch Marner is a treat to watch any night that's not in the playoffs. Um, and, and Morgan Riley is a lot of fun to watch too. Jake Muzzin, uh, obviously a, a, a real tough guy, a fun dude to watch. Jason Spezza, likable person you like to cheer for. So I like a lot of the, the pieces that are on this team. Uh, the problem is that, of course, the first round exits every single year. That just doesn't make me feel good. So if you're asking how well I'm treated as a fan... Well, you guys break my heart very often, so I'm going to go with a five for that one. Uh, who is your favorite member of the current Leafs team? So I've got a bunch of guys here. So TJ Brody, Jack Campbell, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Jake Muzzin, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, Jason Spezza, and John Tavares. What's really weird about my Leafs fandom is I don't necessarily have like a favorite, like a bona fide favorite player on this team. I really don't. Uh, strangely enough, I guess if you would, it, like, if you, if I had to pick one, gun to, gun to my head, I would look for, you know, what intangibles do I, do I appreciate in players? What, what, the style of game that I used to play, and, I mean, if, if you watch Overdrive, you've seen what I look like, I'm a husky fella, husky fella, so as you can imagine, I was not out there, I didn't have the mitts and the dangles and the speed to go out there and be a, a high profile and point scorer, goal scorer, I was more the steady Eddie stay at home rugged defenseman who would just block shots and get into the, you know, go into the corners, into the gritty areas and kind of use my weight uh, to my advantage, um, and I was also uh, quite the lumberjack in front of the net as well. And of the players that are on this list that fit that bill, I'd say Jake Muzzin is probably the guy who like I appreciate what he brings to the team most because I think that the team needs someone like him. Like he's he's, he's got edge. He's also really good, um, solid stay-at-home defenseman. Um, he's on a he's on a good contract as well. The contract I'm okay with, and it doesn't upset me. Like Mitch Marner's contract, I'm okay with Matthew's deal to be honest, because he is the best goal scorer in the NHL. And what I don't, I'm not sure why I don't like like Matthews isn't my answer. Matthews should be my answer, and maybe he's your answer. Um, I would imagine that a lot of people like either Marner or Matthews as, as their favorite guys. Maybe potentially a Morgan Riley type player, but but I'm I've always kind of been more of a, a defensively minded uh, player or a guy who is more of a two-way forward. I mean, if Zach Hyman was still a Maple Leaf, like, my answer would have been Zach Hyman. Just because, like, those are the intangibles, the grittiness, the, the two-way ability that I appreciate in players. And because he's not here, I think Jake Muzzin is probably the defensive uh, version of that that I appreciate and that I really like to watch uh, him play out there. So Jake Muzzin is going to be my answer. I'm curious to see who your guys' answers are to this as well. Maybe I'll toss up a poll on Yield Twitter. Uh, I'll toss it up on the Maple Leafs, uh, the Locked On Leafs Twitter page. If you're not following that, make sure you do at Locked On Leafs. I'll toss it up there uh, later on today. 
Um, who is your least favorite member of the current Leafs team? And there's a write your answer section. I don't know. Do I have a member that I hate on this team? Like, I don't think I hate anybody. Um, yeah, I don't think I hate anybody. Like, who, who could I possibly hate? I, uh, let me think. Marner's contract. Does that make sense? But even then, like he is still one of the best players in the league. I, I don't like this question. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't have a least favorite member. I, I'm fairly impartial and indifferent when it comes to the players themselves, as long as the team is doing okay. I'm really not too concerned of of you know individual success or individual failures. To be quite honest, uh, who's your favorite Maple Leafs player of all time? Ooh, that's a good one. Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, Dave Keon, Austin Matthews, Bjornis, Salming, Daryl Sittler, and Matt Sundin. Well, I grew up in the like 90s and 2000s, so realistically, the the biggest, the best. All right, I grew. I didn't really start watching hockey until the early 2000s, realistically. So the only answer that I could really give here is Matt Sundin. Um, but I I I love and respect. You know, what Doug Gilmore did for this team, uh, what Wendell Clark represents. You know, I, I talked about Wendell, how, you know, w- w- the stuff that I liked about Muzzin and the stuff that I liked about Zach Hyman, Wendell brings a lot of those same qualities. Um, and I've met Wendell Clark as well. He presented me with uh, with my own little jersey, which was kind of cool, an Al's brother overdrive jersey. So well, I, I got to toss Wendell up in, into that equation as well, but... In terms of guys, you know, my favorite Maple Leafs player of all time, the one who I spent the most time watching and admiring and adoring, it's got to be Matt Sundin for me, just because of the era that I grew up in. But you can't go wrong with, with any of these guys, and depending which era that you were born in, you probably have a different answer. Like my my uncle, who's into his 50s uh now yeah yeah uh, yeah he's into his 50s i guarantee you his favorite player's got to be wendell because he grew up in an era where wendell clark was the guy or daryl sittler where sittler was the guy and you know maybe um a generation below me if 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 you're like an 80s kid you're probably a dougie gilmore guy Right, like Gilmore's probably the player that that you grew up watching, and you vividly remember the year '93 and what he was able to do. I wasn't even born then, so I can't appreciate that as much as watching Matt Sundin and what he did in the early 2000s with this Maple Leafs team. And you know, when I first became a Leaf fan during the 0102, yes, when they made that Eastern Conference push, you know, like I, that that's the team that that I began becoming a Leafs fan and Matt's was clearly like the leader. I know he was injured for, for, you know, some of the playoffs, but like I, since then have always appreciated uh, Matt's as, as a player and and what he's done for the city as well has been fantastic. Uh, So we're going to go with Matt Sundin. Uh, If you had to trade a core member of the Leafs in the next six months, who should it be? TJ Brody, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Jake Muzzin, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, or John Tavares. This is interesting. This is probably going to go along with what I'm going to talk about on uh, tomorrow's podcast, actually. So here's a little bit of a teaser. We're going to be chatting about Morgan Riley and what's going to happen with his contract negotiations. And uh, 
the fact that he's not re-signed yet is is slightly worrisome. They're you know they've walked so many guys to free agency. Riley could be another one of those players. And instead of doing that, since he's the only one with uh, uh, as a uh, expiring deal on this in this list, I'm gonna go with Morgan Riley as as the guy who gets traded. They've stated publicly many times they're not trading any of the core four. So Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, you can strike them all off. TJ Brody, maybe they could trade Brody. I don't know. What would be the point of that? I thought Brody was a terrific player for them. And at cost certainty for the next few seasons, you probably don't want to mess with that. And Jake Muzzin, I've already talked about how important he is to this team. And again, cost certainty over the next few seasons. Morgan Riley is really the only guy who makes the most sense um, on this list. So uh, Riley is the guy who I believe in the next six months could get traded or is most likely to be traded. All right, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, we'll continue this list here on the Locked on Lease podcast. All right, welcome back into the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked On Lease, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, And just a reminder that the Locked On Podcast Network has the national show, the Locked On NHL show, that you can get wherever you get your podcast from. The same same site they're using to bring in this podcast, or same platform. And guess what? You can also hear me every Tuesday on that show, alongside Joe DuBiase, who is the host of Locked on Sabres. We do a show every Tuesday outlining the top stories in the Eastern Conference. But during the final weeks of the offseason, what we're doing, what we've been doing and, and are continuing to do, is going over the Locked on Network's top 50. The NHL's top 50 players uh, voted upon by the Locked On NHL staff. So all 32 hosts from all 32 teams made a top 75 list, and then we compiled it, and there's a top 50 consensus ranking. We've already done uh, the snubs episode. We've done uh, 50 through 41, 40 through 31, and then uh, tomorrow, I believe they're doing... 30 through 21, yes, that's how math works, and then I again will be back on the Tuesday show, and we'll be doing 20 through top 10, and then the following Friday, doing the top 10. So just a reminder, if you're interested, there's been a a few Maple Leafs who came off the board uh, this past week in slot 40 was actually John Tavares, in slot 33 was William Nylander, and that surprised me. Like, that really actually surprised me that the rest of the Locked On NHL, uh, the rest of my colleagues at Locked On NHL thought so highly of William Nylander that they ranked him as the 33rd best player in the NHL. I don't know if maybe I'm just a little too close to the situation to appreciate what we have, but that's just a little too much for me. Like, I, I... I can't remember if I had him in my top 50. He may have just been on the outside looking in. Um, but I, I there were a bunch of players that were even on the snubs list that I ranked ahead of William Nylander. Uh, Evgeny Malkin is one. Nikolai Ehlers is another. Like, there's, there's, there's quite a few. And, and I probably would also put John Tavares, who was ranked... 40, seven spots lower than Nylander in that spot. It would have made more sense if they swapped places, 
but I thought that was really interesting that uh, Will Nylander ended up as the 33rd best player in the NHL. Um, There are still a couple more Maple Leafs to get revealed, so I can't tell you exactly where they're slotted. But like I said, go check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Friday and Tuesday for the next couple of weeks, and we'll be doing, uh, we'll be unveiling the rest of the rankings. But let us get back into this uh, this Maple Leafs offseason fan survey uh, brought to us by The Athletic. And once again, thank you to The Athletic for giving me some content to talk about here on Locked On Leafs. All right, continuing, we'll just do a couple more here because there's there, there's uh, there's 30 questions. We're not going to get to all of them, but uh, what is the biggest obstacle between the Leafs and the Stanley Cup? Is it goaltending, defense, forwards, coaching, management, or they're the Leafs? And they're the Leafs is probably the right answer, but I'm going to give it a legitimate answer. I think it's a little bit of all of it. To be honest with you, a little bit of all of it. Like, they're not 100% sound at goaltender. Defensively, you better hope that they stay healthy. And also that, you know, a guy like Justin Hall, that he stays at that top four level that he played at the last couple of seasons, doesn't start to fall off as he gets into his 30s. You hope that Morgan Riley can kind of stick around longer term. You hope that Brody continues to, to play at a high level, along with Muzzin, who's now into his 30s. Um, and you hope that a guy like Sandine and Lilligren can grow into being everyday NHLers. There's a lot of question marks on the defensive end of things. And when it comes to the forwards, I mean, outside of the top four, like there's just not that much depth, right? They've had to, due to cap situations, shed a lot of uh, depth off this roster. I mean, it started with Connor Brown, and then it, it moved to Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, and then this past year, uh, unable to re-sign Zach Hyman, and they've replaced that with some with some other players that they're hoping can fill the void, but there's still uh, a lot of question marks at forward once you get past the core four, and as we've seen the playoffs, if those those top lines aren't going it's not going well for Toronto. And and that's been the case when Marner has been stymied in the playoffs last few years and Matthews as well. Uh, this team just isn't able to, to win playoff games. So it's a little bit of, of, of all of it. And I think because of that, I think that lies in the hands of management, right? The biggest obstacle between the Leafs and the Stanley cup is management. The mismanagement of the cap is the reason why they can't address the goaltending a little bit better. The reason why they can't address, uh, you know, the defense a little bit better is because Kyle Dubas put 44 million, almost 50% of his cap well, over 50% of his cap, a little bit over to four players at the forward position. <clears throat> And that was management who did that. And I think because of those decisions, that's hindering this team from building a, a true balanced juggernaut like you see with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And because of that, that is management's fault and they are the biggest obstacle between the Leafs and the Stanley Cup. <clears throat> All right, my voice is starting to go on us here. We got, uh, I'll go through a couple more. I'll try and gut this through, get a couple more done. Uh, How would you describe your level of satisfaction rooting for the Leafs right now? Happy, hopeful, content, resigned, and angry. (laughs) 
Depends. When are you asking me? You asking me uh, game seven against Montreal? I was I was angry. I was really angry. Game two against Montreal, I was happy. I was hopeful. So it kind of depends when you're talking about. And the question is, right now, well, let's just go with content. I'm content watching the Maple Leafs right now because there's no hockey to watch. Uh, so that's what we're going to go with for that. It's a bit of a weird question um, because there, there's de- depending on the time of year, I can answer that many, many different ways. Uh, which offseason edition did you like the most? Okay, this one I actually really like and I definitely uh, would like to address. So Michael Bunting, David Kampf, Andre Kasha, Peter Morazic, or Nick Ritchie. So... I've discussed uh, I've discussed each of these individually what I liked about them, um, but I don't believe I've ever actually said like this is the one that I like most. But the one that I like most um, is probably Michael Bunting. To be quite honest with you, I like this dart throw. I really do. Um, signing him for nine hundred and fifty grand, uh, a guy who they potentially could toss up into their top six. I, I like it. it. It's it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. Like I said, it's a, it's a dart throw, but it's a guy who uh, is a bit of a late bloomer. He knows Sheldon Keefe well. He knows Kyle Dubas well. He's played with a couple of guys on the team. Uh, Michael Bunting, a former Sioux player. I, I think that if he's given the opportunity to play in the top six and he's on a, a team or he's on a line that is a, a, a very volume shooting heavy line, you put Michael Bunting in front of the net, allow him to, you know, screen goalies, get uh, sticks on pucks, tip it in, or go after and bang out rebounds. That's what he did best last year. That's how he scored a majority of his goals. They were all scored right in the goalie's kitchen. And I think that if you got hands like that around the net um, and, and, and uh, a magnet on your stick for the puck, I mean, Michael Bunting, I think, can turn out to be a solid, solid addition. Somebody who can make up for some of the offensive, not defensive, but offensive void left behind by Zach Hyman, who was good for 20 goals-ish a year. I think Michael Bunting, um, if he ends up in a top-six role, could get there. I think he can get there. You know, between you know 17 and 20 goals, very possible. And uh, 950000 for 20 goals, I'll take that all day long. Runner-up probably would be Peter Morazic. Um, because I, I like him as a goaltender, and I think that they needed an, another like 1B goalie to compete with Jack Campbell, who's never been a true A, a guy who could start 60 games, and I don't think his health will allow him to start 60 games. So you get two guys who can start you 40 to 50, and you let them battle it out. I, I, I like it. I like the move, and he's been a, a stud for the last few years in Carolina. And uh, Dean Shinwith, the defensive coach in Carolina, where is he now? Toronto. So Mrazek would be very, uh, very familiar with the defensive systems that uh, Shimwith will, will be bringing with him here to Toronto. Uh, let me see if I can find another one. I'm, I'm going to go with one more to talk about. Uh, did the Leafs make the right decision keeping the, their top four big money forwards together? Ooh, that is so much. Uh, how about, okay, should the Leafs re-sign Morgan Riley for $7 million on a seven- or eight-year deal? Uh, yes. The answer is going to be yes. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to tell you why on tomorrow's episode. So that one's just a bit of a tease. Tomorrow we'll be talking a little bit more about Morgan Riley. 
Um, but if if Riley only wants seven million, based on what we've seen defensemen go for the last uh, month or so, uh, Riley at seven million seems like a pretty good uh, good deal at this point. So I'm gonna say yes for that one. Um, let's see if I'll, I'll find one more. Maybe if there's like an all-encompassing question. Uh, the Leafs finished on pace for 113 points last season. How many do you predict they'll get next year, assuming an 82-game season? Wow. So 113 points. I think they had maybe 100 uh, the last full seasons, 101 or 100 and 105 maybe. 113 would have broke, uh, broke a Leafs record, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so... How many points do I predict in an 82-game season? Well, based on... So they have under 90, 90 to narrow, ninety to 95, which is narrow playoff miss, 96 to 100, low playoff team, or 101 to 105, which is a contender. More than 105 is a cup favorite. So on this 113-point pace, if that was their pace last year and they replicate that this year, that would make them a cup favorite. Don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see them as a cup favorite. Um, they're going to have a more difficult division this season. So that'll be a lot more, uh, well, most likely result in more losses, uh, for the Maple Leafs this year. Granted, they'll also have some easier games. They'll, they'll get to play Detroit and they'll get to play Arizona and Buffalo. Um, so they'll get those easier games. They'll make the California road trip. So they'll be able to pick up points there. At least you hope you you never actually know with this Leafs team. They seem to play bad teams you know, bad and lose to them. But anyways, to answer the question, I've always said, I think this team is a low playoff team. Um, a team that's going to have to scrape and claw, get one of those wild card spots, uh, or the final spot in the division. And that sounds more like a 97, 98 win team. So I think 96 to 100 is the answer I'm going to give there and uh i think that is that that's going to do it for me all right there's actually only two more questions uh one more question here which least prospect are you most excited about the answer is ryan amiroff matthew nice timothy lilligren topi niemela or nick robertson well i have both matthew nice and topi niemela in a uh really deep dynasty fantasy league that i'm in uh, I drafted Nyes in the second round this year, and I traded for Niemela after he went off at that summer showcase a couple uh, weeks back. You can go check out that podcast I did with uh, uh, was it Chris uh, Chris Summers. Um, he did a fantastic job uh, outlining what he saw at that tournament. Um, so you can go check out that podcast from a couple of weeks ago. So I'm just going to go with uh, Topi Niemela because I think this team needs some some help on the back end. Uh, I mean, could easily go with Nick Robertson. Most people probably would. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm more of a defensively-minded guy. And although Niemela is not like a defensive defenseman, I still appreciate uh, some good, strong defensive play. Uh, so that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all of podcast platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Beacon underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow where I will be kind of taking a look at uh, what the Leafs should do with Morgan Riley. 
Should they trade him? Should they sign him? Should they walk him to free agency like they've done with, well, quite a few players of late? I'll discuss all that on tomorrow's podcast, so make sure that you join me back here on the Locked On Leafs pod. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.